0: Holly. Hey, Dave. What's going on today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast?
2: Feeling pretty good today. That was that was my leprechaun voice. Would you uh. like to try that again? <laughs> well,
0: the reason Holly is trying to work her Irish accent in, you know, she's, she's like our Meryl Streep of, of the podcast. She does all accents. Uh, We have Enda Caldwell on our podcast today. Who is Enda Caldwell? Please reveal who this young man is.
2: Enda Caldwell is Irish. He's been in Irish radio for, since he was just a wee lad. You can hear him now on Pulse 87 in New York. He's also a big voice on Radio Nova in Dublin. And he does voiceovers. He is like the voice guy in Ireland. He's worked all over London. He was at Radio Luxembourg, all-around radio guy and music lover. Yes, we
0: will get into all of that. We will learn all about Enda. He will tell us about his beginnings and uh, where he is today. Well, after we get into his career, we're going to look at the songs. We're traveling back in time to 1987. Every year, K-Rock releases their year-end list. K-Rock in Los Angeles, the world-famous K-Rock they have a list, 106.7 to number one. We look in 10-song chunks what songs were played back then, and we analyze, and we do a scientific uh, research. We, we break it apart, and we get into the nooks and crannies. Then we put it back together, and then we determine whether these are good songs or not. We'll see what our science experiment reveals this week.
2: People uh, in the music business or the radio business come in and, and chat about the songs with us because they often have some fun insight and maybe even experience with the bands. So that's always a treat. And this week we're happy to welcome Enda.
0: Yes. Also a treat is our social media feed. Uh, where can they find different things about what differences make?
2: Well, it is a treat and this week is a particular treat because we talked to Enda for a long time. So we're going to be cutting quite a bit out of it and putting on our social media on YouTube at What Difference Does It Make Podcast and everywhere else at WDDIM Podcast. So you'll see outtakes from this talk with Enda as well as some of our other interview bits and concert footage that we've seen
0: exciting stuff okay let's get into the nooks and crannies we're going to learn a little bit about our guest enda caldwell and then we're going to look into songs 90 to 81 from the 1987 world famous k-rock playlist it's a good show so let's get right into it right now
2: with enda caldwell on the what difference does it make podcast
0: hey guys
3: Hi.
2: hey, hey
0: enda. holly dave
3: how you doing good how are you I'm great, thanks. Okay, but I have some California here with me. You'll be impressed. (laughs) Oh. i got an In-N-Out t-shirt. And look, just so you don't feel too homesick, it's the 2017 uh, version.
0: Are you one of those guys, like you landed in LAX and then the first thing you see as you come off is the the In-N-Out. Is that the one you went to?
3: More or less. I mean, my cousins, they live in Arcadia. So they were like, oh, we got to take. You've never been to In-N-Out. you got to go there. And I was like, oh, I was suitably blown away by it. Just the whole experience because it's the drive-through and the way in which it happens. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. All right. You
0: are located in? County Meath, just outside Dublin, Ireland. Okay. So, okay. So I land in Dublin, let's just say. And you pick me up and you're like... Okay, we got to take you to a to a similar something similar to In n Out. Where do you take us?
1: Oh, uh,
3: Supermax. I mean, because Supermax is like the only Irish-owned family chain, and they're not sponsoring me, but uh, <laughs> they do like cheesy garlic fries and these massive. It's actually a chicken uh, burger. It's about that size, <laughs> but you know you can, yeah, you can you can rest assured. But you know they'll do other things, and they also give you a newspaper to read. You know, (laughs) as well, which I kinda like. You know, what you wouldn't get that in the States. They don't leave newspapers on the counter, you know, so you can actually take them and read them while you enjoy all of that junk that you've bought. Yeah. (laughs) It's called Supermax. Tasty and tempting food at Supermax. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Nice jingle. You guys will know a lot more about these particular songs because it sounds like it was your jam in that particular year. I was 12
0: (laughs) and I was listening to a lot more top 40. (laughs) Okay, so you're you're 12 in 1987. Where are you living? Where where are you? Right here, Kilbury, Navan
3: County Meath. Uh, it's my folks' place. I'm just here for a bit of time while I'm back from traveling. And we're listening to uh, Clock Radio, tuned in to either Sunshine 101 or Energy 103 or Q102. And those are the three massive super pirate radio stations who played a mixture of Top 40 Alternative and Hot AC. And they were just fantastic. They were great radio stations. We had some wonderful jocks on there, like New Zealand's Pat Courtney, who's still on the air right now at Radio Nova in Dublin. And we really enjoyed the Super Pirates because they brought us music, entertainment and our own brand of fun and
0: crack. You say pirate. Was that... They were actually on a boat. Is that right? Can you tell me? No, those. (laughs) I mean, we call them pirates because they just didn't have that piece of paper that says you've got a license.
3: But in fact, they were more professional than the state-run broadcasters. And they brought, you know, the sound of, say, major market FM, you know, California or New York radio to the very small market of Dublin. You know, they introduced optimods and equipment and people with playlists and jam jingles and Stuff that we actually hadn't had before. So the 80s were a great, great growth time in commercial radio in in Ireland. And you know, a lot of the guys are still on the air to this day. You got Colum Hayes, he does the breakfast show at Classic Hits and Gareth O'Callaghan and guys like that. And they were all people, you know, you say I grew up listening to these guys and they were doing their thing. So Greg Gochran, you know, they're all brilliant guys, great music heads, and all still very young guys
0: like me too. <laughs> <laughs> were you one of those guys who who was listening all the time? Did you have like a transistor in your- No, like I mean, your, but
3: what, it was just when you woke up in the morning, you your alarm and you fell asleep listening to the radio. And then you were like, I like these guys, you know, you're probably an only son and you know, you, you're in this world of like getting ready for school. So you have that time with you and the radio where you're like, Oh, I got to tie my shoelaces, but Hey, these guys are making me laugh. You know, they're telling jokes. And it was just the simplicity. Everyone has that. So, and the music could be anything and you think, Oh, this is catchy. I like this, you know? And so you're bouncing to it, you know, it could have been anything.
2: What you're describing is exactly what old school radio people, how we feel about radio and how we try to convey it to the younger generation. This is what radio was because they don't listen to it anymore.
3: But, you know, somebody made, there's this famous tweet that does the rounds where they said, what about a live podcast that gave news and music and information? (laughs) And somebody went, we already had that. It's called radio. (laughs) It's like, we already had it.
0: We, you, you know, we lived through it all. There were things called tapes. They were a podcast. All right. So before you became the creme de la creme, as you are now, Uh, You were, you were green and uh, you had to, you had to start somewhere. Where where was that first gig? In my bedroom, not in my bedroom, really, but in a, in a room where you just went up
3: to the the dining room or whatever. And you, you had like a hi-fi system and you sat down and you, you recorded yourself and you, you sort of played radio stations. I'd write the news and get my sister to read it the other side. and be like, okay, I'll play the jingle when you give me the cue. And you know, we're like, that was like imagination. So then it became a case of, I actually will tape this. So I made tapes and sent them to my friend who had another illegal radio station. And then me and my sister sat then listening to this show that I had made on a tape. It's like a 45-minute tape. Amazing. So that's about 1992. You know, I had everything on it and used a different name and stuff. And it was, it's like Sunday afternoon with me on the radio coming out the other side, tuning it in, going, wow, I'm on the radio. So that was a that was a big thing. When you first sort of hear yourself coming back and you're like, OK, I know what I did next. I know what I did next. Hopefully it all came
0: out right. But when you've made it on tape, it's it's all good. Right. That is amazing. And what was yeah. OK now, of course, mm-hmm. what was this radio name that you chose?
3: Jason Scott it was just to be (laughs) as generic as possible so that if they came knocking on the door hello can we have a Jason Scott I I don't know where the guy is don't know what you're talking about so yeah but I don't think there was much fear of me getting into much trouble I I mean after that I played on my own name and uh, I used other names like oh god uh, end of story uh, Marco Mara, the most cheesy name, but end of story was stupid. Cause it was like, you know, end of the story or end of the day. You know, I, I played on my name. It's, it's so embarrassing, but you know, you do stuff when you're a kid, you're like, you, you don't care. You don't care. I watched the movie, um, pump up the
0: volume with Christian Slater. And that was me. I wanted to be him, you know, I was like, <laughs> that was the same time. Yeah. Like that was, Early nineties, isn't that when that came yeah. out? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. And later Howard brought out private parts and I was totally in love with that. <laughs> yeah. Paul Giamatti is pig vomit or pig virus is apparently his real name was. <laughs> were you aware of Howard Stern? What like over Yeah, we always were- got tapes of him because oh. I used to help out in Atlantic two five two. Some of the guys would be like, Hey, you gotta get a copy of this, have a listen to this and people like Pizza Man and Robin Banks would give me tapes of things and I'd be, I'd be listening to back to these air checks and you are watching the California air checks and videos. So I'd be just watching all this stuff. And I remember seeing a TV documentary or it's was like a TV feature they did on Jay Thomas, who was the number one guy in power 106 and I was like, "Wow, who is this guy? You know, he doesn't care about anybody." And he was like slagging off Rick D's and saying, "I'm number one. I'm the best." I'm, I'm. And I loved, I loved him. I thought he was awesome. Yeah, yeah. He, he really was a great talent. Yeah, to listen to those air checks, it was great because they were just on a whole other octane level. So you had a different energy delivery and it didn't matter the music format. You were like, okay, this alternative station really makes me want to be a music jock. I remember seeing an MTV piece called Real Lives and they were on about KNDD, The End in Seattle. And I thought, wow, you know, this is a great radio station Uh, and it's called The End. And I'm like, I want to go there. I'm called Enda. Hey, it's Enda on The End, but it never happened. But,
0: you know. Slow. Okay. So, what was your first legitimate gig? You got okay. You're slowly moving. You're you're on this tape, well, and then
3: they, they were like, "Well, you need to get a experience." And it was, <laughs> it was rather a tragic one. They said, "Well, I'll assign you to doing this gig. I don't know if you want to do it. We'll pay you per mile. Go out on a Saturday evening and record mass." And I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> for the local radio station. That was fine until I arrived late and the recording started late. So I got into a whole ton of trouble for that and learned the lesson of my life because the whole community sitting there and there's no mass today. And whose fault is it? Mine. So the Catholic church, they've been after me ever since, you know, I think they must've cursed me several times over. But after that, really, I just used to help out a lot in Atlantic 252 where I really belonged. And then I got this job at tip FM, which is down the country in a place called Clonmel And it's a different world down there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I was doing the late night show and I got hired to do that. And, you know, you, had your playlist, you went in, you arrived in, you did your show. So yeah. And it was at that point when you start realizing, okay, I have a lot to learn. My my accent still sounds very local County Meath Irish. I, I must, you know, I didn't have to change it really, but I think when I listen back, I go, you know, there's a whole lot that you just still have to learn when you're 18, 19, 20, but you
0: learn it fast. I think you learn it fast. How much freedom did you have on the air? Could you like talk about different topics or was it just like hit these points yeah. and, and get out of the, um, get out quickly. It's sort of a mixture of both. I mean, it was kind of, you know, it was down to being
3: format radio at that point. There was a massive radio station called radio Limerick one And, um, you know, as production director there and I, I would cover on programs and stuff like that. And it was it was a massive thing. It was on satellite all over Europe. So that was really enjoyable. I mean, the local radio in Ireland is very much just for the county or the borough. It's quite constrained. You're you're really at your grandmother's. You can't do too much. You can't you can't be like Howard Stern on that. You see, because it's good whole Catholic Ireland, or at least it was, I wasn't until I went to Atlantic 252 and he's like, okay, right. And he said, forget all that you've learned for the last five years. I want you to talk about sex, relationship, uh, contraception, pregnancy, naughty movies um the, the cost of living just every single taboo that you never wanted to talk about things other than the records and that made me better because it made me challenge myself some uh, i can't do that and then i'm like okay i have fun doing this it's what i always wanted to do all along anyway so it is interesting broadcasting between ireland and england ireland is much more conservative and they'll be quicker to complain whereas in england they're like Yeah, we we like that. And you have an Irish accent. It's even better. So they like that. So it was fun. So there is a big difference, I think. You know, when you're working on local community radio here, it just wouldn't be the done thing. Whereas when you're in larger markets, you can get away with much more
0: and you can push the envelope more. And so now you're in Dublin and you're at what's the station you're at now?
3: Well, at the moment, I'm just like, I'm the commercial voice. I'm the guy that you'll hear. Actually, I do a lot of work for Benstown. So they have me and they're like, okay, we want you to do the Irish Leprechaun. Here Is that okay? They, they, <laughs> you know, we got a free this. And it's like, okay. And I can do my Leprechaun accent. And, and they send me a ton of stuff from that from the States. And I do local radio commercials. I What did I do? I did one the other day for like, you know, a furniture place. You, you know, I'm, I'm getting a lot of those. And then some station voice stuff as well, which is good fun. I like it all, you know, because radio is not just about being on the air. I've done stuff at Nova there recently. Uh, you know, I just did some cover on that. I'm glad I, I lived up to it. I went prep, 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 because I think... The records are the records, and the music log is the music log, but prep is prep, even for what we're talking about today, and the more prepared you are mentally, the better you can be on air. You know, it's like, you guys obviously have a plan for the top 106.7, and you know you know where you're going with it, so it's it's good to know that.
0: We are learning all about Enda Caldwell and his radio career, and now we're, we're going to travel Thousands of miles west, going from Dublin all the way to Los Angeles and learn about what was played back in the day. But first, you have to take a break.
1: Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the Headphone Pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price.
2: Welcome back to the What Difference Does It Make podcast with our guest, Enda Caldwell. And we are starting our countdown of songs number 90 to 81 from 1987 on the K-Rock year-end playlist. Well,
0: speaking of radio and 1987, when we were all glued to it, we're in the middle of counting down the songs that K-Rock in Los Angeles played back in 1987. This is songs 106.7 all the way up to number one. We're doing it in 10-song chunks And, and though we gave you 90 to 81, so we're going to uh, look at 10 songs. Are you ready? Yes. Did you study? Are you ready? You studied, you watched all the videos, you listened, you did your research because you're all about the prep. Did you, how much prep? (laughs) I made a Spotify playlist. Nice. So I thought that that's the best way of doing it. Let's throw it on its head
3: because the easiest way is, and I could have done sortyourmusic.com and then we would have found out like of those 10 songs, which one is the like top rated on spotify but i didn't
0: do it let's not go too digital with it because they're all great songs so let's start number 90 gary newman the song is radio heart speaking of radio he's got a radio heart Thoughts on Gary
3: Newman. What was your thinking of this? I love Gary Newman. I mean, didn't he come in at the end? David Bowie had done Ashes to Ashes. And then around that time, he was just this, he was perfect for that moment. Ashes to Ashes. And then you just had Gary Newman being just as big doing his songs, Our Friends Electric. And then you had cars. His voice is still mesmerizing. It has a Bowie-esque quality to it. It's got that pain in it. And I think Radio Heart, it's so funny and ironic because my friend Peter Anthony, he did some work in nightclubs in LA as well from Radio Luxembourg. He was on Heritage Chart Radio and he was playing that song. I'm like, oh, hang on. I had my Alexa on and I'm like, he's playing that song. He's like, it's on the list. I didn't even have a chance to tell him that. I'm like, we're gonna be playing and talking about this song tomorrow. The irony of it, in all those years, it's a great record. And what he gave to that moment of new romantics and the late 70s, the early 80s, listening to that song, it had that, you know, it had the dynamic and the texture of a 1987 record, but his voice still sounds fantastic on it. So, you know, it's still Gary Newman. Yeah, it's His still- voice
2: did sound good. We saw
0: him. We saw him recently. Yeah, we saw him at Cruel World. He's playing the Cruel World Fest again this year. He's going to go through the entire Pleasure Principal album this year. So that's the one that has cars and metal, I believe. And-, good.
3: and in part of my prep looking up, I did Google him. And I do know that he he's massively touring. And that is so good as well. Because you realize someone like him, Howard Jones, Nick Kershaw, they they had the passion for it and they still do. They're genuine music guys. I mean,
0: Billy Idol as well. You know, still good voice too. I mean, when when we saw him last year, still in good voice. Mm-hmm. Still perform like performance art a little. You know, it's 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 cool to see. He still has that that Bowie aspect of uh, you know a little gothic look. I love it. It's just a lot. I love that he still sounds great. Yeah. Me too. The chorus is "Radio Heart, Play a sad song for me, one from the heart, so she'll come back to me." These were long distance dedications. Did you, did you do any love songs type radio shows, anything like that? Oh, I did. Yeah, I did the love, the love
3: on tip FM with Easy Street Nightclub. Hello, how are you doing? It was more of an opportunity for, you know, for the girls from the convent schools to ring up and, hey, how you doing? Um, In those days, in the inappropriate 90s. And so where are you? I'm 100 miles away. I'm in Nina. Oh, great. Um, and so you would always have to be careful not to play requests like somebody ring up playing a skit going uh, to so-and-so is expecting a new baby or something. And you're like, hang on, I better check this. <laughs> you know, you don't want to do this. It might be, you know, people trying to wind each other up, you know, or get someone into trouble. So, <laughs> yeah, those love song shows were fun because it's, it's teenage Irish people. They're always trying to prank each other. So, that, you know, you, you had to be very, very careful. Oh, you have such a lovely voice! <laughs> like, okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny, like man. Donna Lewis. <laughs> I love you, always, forever. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, those shows are always will always be a hit, no matter what. There's always going to be yeah, the lovesick, always the love lines, and the, you know you have like the late night affair,
3: and you, uh, that one I got to pick all my own stuff. So you could, I could still in that I'd end up by twelve thirty playing. stuff steely dan or something don't lose that number
0: so it was loosely love songs yeah. you know but yeah no one yeah. plays steely dan for a love song come on <laughs> no exactly but yeah we're in love with radio so we can get away with right that. fair enough
2: love is a far-reaching thing <laughs>
0: it is all right let's yes. keep moving here number 89 oh, oh number 89 <laughs> the 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 song infected
2: I got too much.
1: It is. Him.
0: First question is, the band is called The The. Do we like this name, The The? I'll be honest,
3: being the age that I was, I mightn't have known or been as aware of Infected in that year, but almost a year later, when I was really into radio, into music in 80, 80, 88, 89, and then they brought out this record called The beaten Generation, which for me is my ultimate their their record, and it's also just a great record the name I just loved. I thought that they were just classy. I think that the name is makes you think. So you know, if you, if you think about Queen, the, before they met Freddie, they were called Smile, but they didn't have their Queen, you know. And then when they got their Queen, they were their Queen with the Smile. But with that, there, it's sort of like those intelligent. Names like I liked. It's immaterial. That was another nice band name. Or big audio dynamite. Or cactus world news. Who else had you got? Gorky's zygotic monkey or something. There were there were weird names. I loved it.
0: The song is infectious. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it, it, that. It,
3: it is. It's very 80s esque. I mean, it was that 83
0: to 87 sound. Different. 88 was a different sound. To 87. And that's another reason we're doing this. Is suddenly, you know, you mm. can see the sounds kind of evolving. I don't know if you would call it evolving, but it, you know, it's it is of that era to hear like the, these drums, the drum sounds. I yes. think that's what really affected the the sound of these pop songs or rock songs. Let's move to number eighty-eight, David Bowie, eighty-seven, mm. and Cry.
1: Only you came in the, the dribbling
0: Mayday. 87 and
1: cry. 87 and cry. And there's nothing inside. And there's nothing in mind. No. And only you rock and roll.
0: Okay. So this was a period of Bowie that mm-hmm. isn't much remembered or I don't know, looked upon. Hall of Fame nominee Peter Frampton is playing guitar on this. For me, this was like David Bowie trying to stay in the pocket of that let's let's dance era. And now, you know, sounds are changing so so he's gonna change with instead of him always being ahead of the curve, it seems like he was kind of uh trying to catch up to where where sound was in eighty seven. I don't know. It doesn't work for me, but what about you? What do you think of Bowie 87 and Cry? I think it's as comparable, as I said, it had that 87 sound, as I mentioned earlier.
3: But I think the major draw is the fact that he had Peter Frampton on it. So that's the savior of it, because Peter Frampton is a an unsung legend and hero. So I think there's sort of a win win and lose in this one. But it wasn't a major hit, 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 but... You know, David Bowie, like Prince and others, had such a back catalogue of songs that each of them just deserves another chance and another listen. You know, it wasn't the best, I mean, obviously, but everyone has their favourite era of David Bowie, but I just love all his stuff. But with his own sort of solo commercial career, there were things that he was doing like this, and you were like, but why? But he had his own creative thing, a bit like George Michael. So... He, were, he didn't They didn't care because they were just doing it what they wanted to do. And that was having an artist's integrity. I suppose it was out of step with
0: what was happening in that particular year of 87. I did go to this tour, the Glass Spider tour in 87 after the, uh, the Let's Dance tour, which mm-hmm. was like one of my first big concerts. And it was just so mm-hmm. thrilling and exciting. This Glass Spider one was a little bit of a letdown for me. And so I, I think maybe that's why I have like these negative connotations.
2: Wait, but before you move on from Bowie, Dave, I want to say this to you. We compare this, this stuff, this era of Bowie. And I did not even, I mean, this song, I, I actually enjoyed listening to this song, seeing it in a different light. But we know Bowie in our favorite era was not this. But if you look at this without thinking about Bowie, about all that you have loved about David Bowie could you like this song could you like this music this era even it was a nice pop song that's what i thought it was. i mean it was a, yeah.
3: a he's th- it could be it wasn't it was it was it wasn't their best work as it were
0: yeah. or it just wasn't the catchiest of stuff yeah there was a lot more exciting stuff unfortunately it was not bowie at the time that was uh, that was exciting yeah. yeah like but he had uh, a few more uh, high points in his career he did Oh, yeah, a, he did. a lot he sure more did and overall it's like Mm -hmm. they can't all be winners
3: no (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
0: all right number 87 this band called U2 a b-side which is exciting the song is Spanish Eyes This was the B-side too. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh w- were you a 45 guy? Did you buy 45s? Like a 12? Absolutely. I'm sure you I have, were. I have a box of them. I'm my box of 45s here and Oh, nice. What is my favorite
3: B-side? And it is this is 1990. Oh, that, oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. DNA Suzanne Vega Tom's Diner. Da, 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 da. Oh. But in the year of 1987 86, 87. The B side was the a cappella, oh, right. which was the original, right. right? From Solitude Standing. But obviously you put the soul-to-soul beat or that you know that kind of PM dawn beat that all the records had onto that and it made it into another hit. But some of us are old enough or young enough to remember a few years before, like two, three years before, when that song was already a hit. So Even when I would hear that song in 1990, I was still listening to it as just the vocal track.
1: Oh, this rain, it will continue through the morning as I'm listening to the bells of the cathedral. I am thinking of your voice and of the midnight picnic once upon a time before the rain began. And I finish up my coffee and it's time to catch the train.
3: Why did they bother putting B in it? But, you know, they made a very good dance record out of it. But it was, yeah. So that, I was going like, what is my favorite B-side? And I'm like, well, that is because that's a B-side we all know. Yeah, but it was like also alternative because it's Suzanne Vega, plus the fact that it was the simplicity of her
0: vocal, you know, the simplicity of just who she is. Holly, Spanish eyes. Do we like Spanish eyes?
2: I forgot how much I love this song.
0: They even made a video of this, which I was for a B-side. So that was kind of uh, interesting.
2: Did you guys watch it? That was shot in the in the desert in Joshua Tree. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful. It was beautifully shot. And I was very happy to revisit it.
3: Absolutely. I mean, any any U2 record is well worth I have I again just when they did Rattle and Hum was was mm-hmm. when I really loved what they were doing with Desire, Angel of Harlem. There was a gritty texture to those records. You couldn't go anywhere but
0: hear all of the big hits from the Joshua Tree. Yeah. Number 86, Sisters of Mercy, This Corrosion. A big hit Mm. in Ireland. Number six in Ireland. Number seven in the UK. The song on the album goes nine minutes. The single is three and a half minutes. Do you prefer the, the full length nine minute version or do you want to like just don't bore us, get to the chorus, three and a half minute song?
3: One of my favorite long songs from the 80s and of that 80s era was Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, and there was long versions of that. You know, it was the adventure of music in those days where things didn't have to conform to the norm. So that was important. I think that that was the thing about the 80s. Like, yeah, they, they did a seven and a half minute version or they did a 10 minute
0: I think nowadays everything is just like so blinkered that it has to be three and a half, four twenty. Now as a 12 year old, did you, do you remember this song listening to this corrosion? Cause this was a top 10 hit. This was probably played yeah, on pop radio. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It would have Pat Courtney would have probably played it on energy 103. Yeah. Back in those
3: days with Bob Gallico and you know, they did great comedy characters. Yeah. It was great to listen to. And yeah the Sisters of Mercy where did they go what happened you know sometimes you wonder why these bands were just so big didn't make it you know into the 90s the 90s and are not going now but one is a
0: different story you know some of them form the mission serious rock yeah it was gothy but it was also dancey and oh, that brings music and that brings me to number 85 Flesh for Lulu Siamese Twist everyone's doing the Siamese Twist I watched this video and uh, it seemed like they were trying to to get a dance craze going. Any song that's got a dance
3: craze, the most recent and easiest to refer to is Blinding Lights, you know, in the pandemic. And that was all people could do for about three months when we thought that the world was going to end. So it goes to show you the power of dance and how that works. And I do recall at the time I ended up being in South Burlington, Vermont, with my brother-in-law and sister and their are three children. And, you know, at the time, what's, but they, they were like 10 and, and seven. So they were like, okay, we're going to do a show for you tonight. And they had taken out that dance perfectly, but going back to what's my, my own, um, dance. I mean, what that would be is like the Indian dance of screwing in the light bulb and petting the dog, you know, where you're like doing the, you know, <laughs> that, screwing the it's the-, the easiest dance to do if you don't know what you're doing on. Yeah.
0: I don't screwing, remember ever doing that dance. Bulb. Yeah, I yeah, was all elbows when I was dancing. Yeah.
3: You know, just, the but mo- it just <laughs> that one makes you look like a super dancer because, it, you know, whatever power it gives you. I'm like, I don't not know, the, how to dance, not the, but it- not the
0: sprinkler. It's, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I did do some dance classes and I need to get back to doing them where I learned how to do dancing to things like Will Smith, um, Men in Black.
0: <laughs> there you and go. I
3: did them a few years ago. I really enjoyed it. You know, it's like a great way of working out. Not that I'd ever be the best dancer. I've got two left feet, so... But I I can do that. That's the one I can do. The screwing the light bulb in and petting the dog. All right. Yeah. just shake your hips. I've
2: never heard that either. Yeah.
3: It's the, I learned it in India at my sister's wedding. Oh, so that, you know, they were like, okay, we'll show you how to dance screw in the light bulb and bet the dog and i'm like okay now shake your hips and you're like this and you're like wow and then you move around and and you're like oh my god i'm dancing and i'm doing
0: it really well so it's a very easy way to get yourself dancing okay so we mentioned that because flesh for lulu siamese twist were you were you a fan no (laughs) i i wasn't i i mean it was i i listened to this it's still not it's not in my head it, for a always dance craze, songs, it should have been, it should have been a, an earworm, but it's—I uh I can't remember the it.
3: Songs up this end of the chart were somebody, the music director, or whatever. Right. I mean, yeah. there is certainly more of an influence that side of the chart than there would have been when you when you start getting down into the top twenty and thirty. There will obviously be. Look, I know that one. I know that one. I know that one. I know that if if you were to go back. And be in that moment listening to this chart counted down. You see, it had the appeal of being a fresh song at that moment. Some songs aged better than others, yeah. shall we say? And that's the way it goes.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. And that that's one of the main reasons we do this is we like to review yeah. these songs and just kind of revisit. So number eighty-four, OMD, We Love You, uh, which could be our description for this band.
2: We gotta get-
1: For a day. You like
0: Thoughts on OMD and this this song in particular, We Love You. Let's go to Merseyside, first of all. That's where
3: they're from. And so we've been so gifted with artists from Merseyside. You know, they were originally lads from, from the north of England, and they gave us these electronic hits, and they're still going, and they still sound so good, and they have such a fan base. They were playing at the Virgin Radio Halloween party and I came in at the tail end of it and met two of their fans and had an amazing conversation with Marilyn and I think it's Maria. And the two of them were saying, yeah, we go to all their shows. And we went to see Frankie Goes to Hollywood the other day. I mean, OMD are still on tour, still going strong. And they're forever live and die, aren't they? They're just brilliant. <laughs> and and this song here, again, is not one that I would have known as well. But remember that, you know, there were hits happening
0: very fast in those days because it was a lot of great music coming in. And yeah, because of K-Rock still being played, they're still beloved here in Southern California. They're kind of... Yeah. They're almost like a Southern California band. They're like a, a, California Southern, they're they're like like a Southern California band. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the Mode's from California, yeah. OMTs yeah. from yeah. California. Yeah, whenever they come to town, they will play... The Greek theater is like 8,000 seats. They fill that mm-hmm. up every single no summer. Yeah. Okay, number 83... This is a song from the Lost Boys soundtrack. The Lost Boys, uh, a great Mm. film from '87, in excess with Jimmy Barnes, who I'm not that familiar with. And the song is called Good Times. Oh, in excess tell me about jimmy barn i think he was australian also do you know him oh, i just love this record this was the one that when i listened to all of them i'm like
3: this is my song this is the <laughs> one i you know if you were to give me the chance to play one of the records
0: from that i'm like you can only pick one and that would be it of these 10 songs this was like the lost classic this was the one that i forgot and like <sighs> oh this is it this is the one i was i'm I so
3: grateful for this <laughs> and the lost boys at movie movie soundtracks you know, I can just be as corny as I want. I won the Pretty Woman soundtrack as a kid off Atlantic two five two. Nice, but this NXS record is timeless. NXS themselves, plus this could could be re-released. You know, it's
0: it's so good. Holly, did you do research on Jimmy? What's his story?
2: He was Scottish born, but he moved to Australia, and he had he was huge in Australia. They had like fifteen hits. Did you know this song was a cover?
0: It sounds like a cover, but it. Yeah. yeah, but it feels I like eighty-seven. Cover. Yeah, but a great cover, very good cover. Uh, um, who did mm-hmm. this originally?
2: The Easy Beats. I had no idea. Oh. I didn't know, and oh, I yeah. love this song.
0: Okay, was
3: that the
2: from the sixty?
0: Beats from the sixties. The, the Easy Beats who did "Friday on My Mind," which That's was it. one of those sixties pirate classics from the offshore radio stations. Moving to eighty-two, The Smiths Panic. Tell me about Steve Wright because this song, this song was on the charts on the K Rock chart last year. And we talked about it in um, in 1986. So let's talk a little bit about Steve Wright.
2: Yeah, the tributes online are really lovely from radio people and the public and Great. the impact he had. Yeah.
0: One of those rare people, now that, uh, you know, a Absolutely. radio a radio personality. They're few and far between now. Well, in
3: 1987, probably the number one disc jockey on the BBC was Steve Wright. Um, because he did Steve Wright in the afternoon. He'd started at 3 o'clock on BBC Radio 1. He had all these crazy characters mr angry gervaise hello steve sid the manager here and that was gavin mccoy and another guy who did a lot of these characters and it was similar to mr leonard who would call up uh, with scott shannon z100 so a lot of these it was it was bringing the the, the zoo radio of the morning shows of america to afternoon radio in the UK. Hadn't been done, no one had done it, but Steve also made sure that he involved interviews with huge stars, interviews with everyone, movie stars, legends, everyone. He had everyone on the show. To get it right in your head, it's like he was the thing. Okay,
1: guys. Just
2: let me get myself settled here.
1: Oh, good afternoon. How you doing? Oh, you did an L.A. show today, didn't you? Yeah, actually it was an L.B. show. <laughs> L.B.? Yeah, laid back. Laid back, man. <laughs> How what? you doing? I'm all right. What are you up to today, then? Um, I'm now going to go home and do some more laying back. Hey, man, you're I'm... in one of those kind of moods. Yeah, I'm going to slob down in front of the telly. Great. Oh, that's nice. You're not going to listen to the show? Well... That's nice, isn't it? That's (laughs)
3: that's
2: great.
3: All right, well. Thank
1: you.
2: Bye. You're listening to Steve Wright, the guy who has the perfect body for radio.
3: good afternoon this is young steve Wright. bank holiday monday fm
1: 88 to 90.2 i love it
3: and of course the guys from the smiths had listened to steve Wright, and he had done something that made them think hang the dj hang the dj hang the dj and that was it you know panic on the streets of london but i think it's just it it was great the smiths were great The, the song stands up still a very 80s record but um I, I think it it also sort of rebels against format radio and it rebels against things becoming too conformist I think you need that and I think the Smiths come back guys you know like is to get back together and start talking to one another again
2: So what had happened and it was in 1986 that it, yeah. uh, he came back with, so there was a report on Chernobyl and yes. he came right out of that story with a wham, so with wham, I'm your man. And that's the one. Yeah. Morris couldn't if, take it. Yeah. He
3: would have done it today. You know, that's just Steve Wright, you know, and it worked and you'd be listening going, yeah, you know, story about Chernobyl, but you know, we have to keep things upbeat. <laughs> Sorry. You know, life does go on. He got People through several depressions, the pandemic, many other things, just by being ebullient and by being upbeat, it didn't mean that he wasn't sincere. He he did. It it has to be described that there was nothing glib or nothing schmaltzy about Steve Wright. He was a real person, but he would report the news. Yes,
0: but you know the show must go on was sort of the attitude. Let's get to number one for this week, which is number 81. This is, okay, of our 10 songs, Los Lobos, La Bamba, which actually hit number one. This was a number one song. This was nominated for uh, Best Video from a Film, uh, along with The Bangles' Hazy Shade of Winter from Less Than Zero, Brian Ferry's Kiss and Tell from Bright Lights, Big City. Both of those were uh, were from the same author. The book, um, uh, Brett Easton Ellis. Did you ever yeah. read those books? Oh, Never yeah. did. Oh, I did. Not yeah. a real bookworm myself, but hey, you know, there's like... When you're in college in L.A., these were mandatory things that you we had to read. Bob Seeger's Shakedown mm. from Beverly Hills Cop Two. I'm sure you saw that. I did. Yeah, of and course. of course, what a
3: <laughs> massive movie.
0: Yeah. La Bamba. What I mean, uh, 12-year-old uh End uh, soy Maldonero. Like, I, I mean it's it's a,
3: it's it's my go-to upbeat song. I mean, it's the go-to uh, all-round happy upbeat, good record. Don't worry about it being another language. I think people just know it's like La la bamba, ba, ba. you yeah. know, it's like makes you shake your head and it was used at the time to be really authentic to the eighties. There was a record. There was a, a German car called a Opel Corsa, which in England was called the Vauxhall Corsa, and the commercial had the this Corsa driving over all these other cars, and it was zipping around. So it sold a lot of cars too, <laughs> which was General Motors. Yeah, Vauxhall, the Opel Corsa, the best-selling car of nineteen eighty-seven, perhaps. Did you do anything else after that? Los yeah lobos. i mean
0: los lobos are still they're still beloved in, yeah. in los angeles they're kind of like depeche mode you know they will play theaters yeah they'll they can sell out here in la they're the the band east la still loved here and
3: of course they are singing that it in really in it is in in hispanic spanish it's more mexican you know uh spanish right or is it well yeah that was the, the, the language great, that they're going in that was the mexican, great thing yeah. they did about that yeah.
0: song is at the end they did the traditional la bamba song Richie Valens version was also a cover. It, uh, you know, I, I just think it's insane that the, it became a number one hit. That's amazing. I think. Yeah. Be- no, I mean, I DJ life. If I'm doing weddings or some, you know, if you're doing a wedding or whatever, you know, you
3: pull that out. You, yeah. It's, it's a guaranteed floor filler. You, you'll you never be, you'll never go wrong with that. It still sounds as fresh as the day you heard it. It's not, It doesn't age or find itself old and deserve to yeah. be an all time classic.
2: Thank you for spending all the time with us. Thank you for for doing this.
3: Yeah. Onwards it. with the charts. So yeah, there you go. I I onwards and upwards with the countdown as it goes. Well,
0: See you guys. All right, take care.
2: Thank, Thank you for, Linda. so much. Have Thank
3: a you.
0: great day. You too. Enjoy.
3: You
2: too. Schlatte. Sante. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. <laughs>
0: Okay, Holly, that was a pretty good chunk, don't you think?
2: I think that was a fantastic chunk. I enjoyed that. I I say it every week, but I really love revisiting these songs, and some of them I I haven't heard since then. These are some great ones. Yeah,
0: always good to revisit these songs and and, kind of get into that 1987 mood. And the countdown continues. Next week, we do this all the time. We're doing it's so we're, uh, what is it? We did 90 to 81, now next week it'll be 80 to 71. 10 song chunks, but you need to subscribe. So make sure you do that so you don't miss any of our countdown fun and shenanigans that we do over here, at what difference does it
2: make. There's a lot of other fun too, with other guests that are not necessarily radio people. So check us out by subscribing to our newsletter at what difference does it make podcast.com or on our social media, What Difference Does It Make Podcast on YouTube and WDDIM Podcast.
0: This week it was great because we got to talk to uh, someone across o- overseas, was it across the pond? Uh, across a leap, the pond. A leap over the pond. And it was wonderful. So thank you, Enda, for taking the time. It's early morning for us, but it's late night. I don't even, he knows the future already. He knows whatever happened uh, today. I have no idea what I, what's going <laughs> to happen today, but he does. You don't know o- what's
2: in store for us today.
0: Yeah. He was way he's way over there. So thank you so much for doing that. And it was a wonderful guest.
2: Who knows who we got next
0: week? So, you know, it's it's this is an exciting uh, countdown, I think. It's,
2: it's better than- times.
0: We're all gonna be surprised. Yeah, this is better than Casey did, you know. He didn't talk to anybody else. We do. Only here at the What Difference does Make podcast.
2: They say he didn't need anybody else
0: yeah well that's true well yeah he's got talent so there he had that going for him oh
2: we have talent oh okay i mean we have some kind of talent not necessarily this <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it
0: is new episodes every friday so please subscribe uh we love reviews we love five star reviews we love anything any sort of input please reach out to us we'd love to hear from you
2: we love feedback so you can interact with us
0: play along with us Do the home version of What Difference Does It Make and let us know what you think of these songs. (laughs) All right, so let's wrap this up then. Until next week, this is
2: Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out.
1: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football